that you stayed with him, helping him in his grotesque work that he claims is for science. Live the incredible life of ages yet to come in a time that might be a million years from now. Rocket from Manhattan. Hey everybody, you're listening to Fear of Buildings, the podcast about science fiction stories written before 1920 that include the destruction of New York City. I'm your host, Ketchup Freeland, and you're not going to hear too much more from me today because the following episode was recorded in Manhattan by my co-host, Zach and Wiley, who walked the path that the unnamed man takes in Hugh Pendexter's short story from 1907, The Man Who Was Alone. If you haven't listened to the dramatic reading of that story, I would recommend checking it out first. There's a lot of interesting New York City history coming up, so let's get right to it. So we're here in New York. Uh, I'm with Zach. Uh, This is Wiley. I'm with Zach and our dads, too. Uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend, and we are doing the the man who was alone walk from the story that we're doing this uh, this month. So bear with for all the ambient noise, but I think there's a lot of uh, interesting historical points that we're going to cover today. All right, Zach, where are we? We're on Twenty um, Third and Park Avenue. We're on 23rd and Park Avenue, and we're looking at the MetLife building, which was the tallest building in the world when it was finished, and uh, the story was written when it was two years under construction, but um, it was still, the Met, it still had the same name, it was, even though it was two years in and two years until completion, and uh, uh, he refers to it uh, that he's looking back as he's heading to Union Square and catching a last glimpse of it and doesn't say anything else much about it but it's a it's a really beautiful sort of tower that's um, based on like Italianate Campanile and then it, it was a tower and then the rest of the building comes down because they probably would have made it just uh, one solid tower if they were able to but it was still People were still developing the way to make the base basically uh, large and then continue going up large. So the base here is very large and then it gets narrow just for the very, the tower that was supposed to be uh, the thing that let them be the biggest building. And it uh, was the... And we talked about this in a previous episode, this building, because it, it was it was the tallest building and then it would, had to be an insurance company so that oh, it yeah. would insure itself kind nobody else would insure it this is one of the this is one of the insurance buildings that were the tallest building in the world a few a few a few insurance companies built the tallest building in the world this is one of them (laughs) they were doing this in the 1800s too but we can we can walk up around it a little bit and then kind of over to its entrance so if you guys listen to the dramatic reading of uh, the man who was alone, it's basically the guy wakes up and New York City is empty. Certainly isn't today, but New York City is empty and he's just going through the city trying to find uh, signs of life. Uh, so we're recreating that and um, 
and we're here in Manhattan and that's it. There's a, another story uh, called Darkness and Dawn and it is uh, it's from 1912 and a, a man and a woman wake up after a thousand years and the uh, the city is empty and they wake up in the top of the MetLife building. The, the character has his offices, he's an architect and he has his offices in the, on the very top floor. And, um, and that's kind of like how, was it the MetLife building that had the architect of it live in the top floor in real life? There no, the building. story about that, that was, uh, that was a very small skyscraper like the quote-unquote like first skyscraper okay. and the guy who built that had to take the top floor but it might be a thing that architects like to like look out over the city and take the top floor of really tall buildings anyway and is this thing of like people waking up in a city and they're the only one is that what the New Zealander trope is no the New okay. Zealander is a visitor from very far away coming to an ancient empire's capital in the way that a Londoner would go to Rome and look in the 1800s and look at the the ruins of Rome and you like contemplate you know the uh, the the you know mortality and so the New Zealander trope is a uh, London was in is is in ruins in the future and is no longer an empire and a New Zealander who is in a now that's the center of civilization he's coming to London and and be thinking maybe our New Zealand empire will one day fall and look at the ruins of this great civilization. Okay. Um, also, the, the MetLife building is featured in W.E.B. Du Bois's story of um, two people waking up and finding everybody gone. Um, his is a parody of the first, that other one I just mentioned. The other one is, um, was very racist and then and it was about a white man and a white woman waking up and there's all these monsters around who are devolved uh, black people who without civilization have turned into like monsters and du, du Bois who's black um, wrote one where there's a black man and a white woman and they're the only survivors and they fall in love and they go up at, they don't wake up in the t Met, MetLife Tower but they go up there I feel like as a another like point of reference to George Allen England's story right. making the comparison between when it sounds like the MetLife building in general made a big impression on it, was, it really was a game changer it was very Culturally. important and yeah I thought it I think it was like thought of as very impressive and beautiful and we're here right now and it's like wow it's pretty no we can't go in there it, it, the deaf people but it's wow. like it's pretty awe-inspiring it really <laughs> is it's got, it's got these gargantuan window i guess they're wi i call them windows but they're so big you don't even want to call them windows like yeah and yeah. then that bridge is up and like then six stories and i don't know <laughs> if the bridge was the originally in the design or a little bit a little bit later but there's a bridge there's a sky bridge at about about eight stories up yeah. connecting the two buildings we could go in and look and there's like a, looks like there's a Christmas tree. That bridge is so cool. Yeah. Where are we now? Now we're walking down 24th Street to the edge of Madison Square Park. And there's an entrance, there's an entrance into the MetLife building here. It 
Uh, I'm not sure what is the main main entrance. There's probably one. If we go around the corner, there might be one with the nice lobby. So we'll find it. This actually looks like not the normal place. Were you saying that this isn't Madison Square Park? This is Madison Square Park. Madison Square Garden is not on Madison Square Park. Gotcha. But it used to be. Okay. But I wanted to walk up from. I wanted to walk up here to 26th. Uh, because the park looks beautiful today. It's perfectly autumnal, very small and relaxed, with pretty um, pretty colored leaves. According to the picture that we just looked at, this uh, very gargantuan, fancy building that's connected by a sky bridge. Eleven Madison Park. Uh, that it looks like in the in the vintage 1909 picture there was a little thing in here that looked like a Parthenon with a dome and and Greek columns and it must it came down and this building and it was inside the building oh I'm sorry no this is a big building and now the now we're approaching the Parthenon type ah, building ah yes yes it's yes it's still here <laughs> that's fantastic and Greek statuary yeah Oh crap, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's a very, very Greek building here. I haven't checked what it is yet, but we can we can go see what it is. I know it's very short. In this skyscraper. Yeah. It's surrounded by much taller apartment houses. Uh this is uh, according to this sign here, it's 27 Madison Avenue Department of Citywide Administration Services, sure. and what it was originally built it for, like I don't know. It it looks like a really crazy library, and there's a there's a statue of a man reading a book outside. Yeah. He's marked. He's marked wisdom. Yes. And it says every law not based on wisdom is a menace to the state. Whoa. So that sounds like it was a courthouse, maybe. I don't think there's not really an entrance here. King Tut's tomb here. But everything inside is is covered in gold, and then there's uh, sort of Lawrence Aldematema artwork. Who's that? Oh. oh no, it's just in the style of this British. We were just. Wanted to see the inside of the yeah, building. Take it, no problem. You get my oh. picture by a chance, did you? No. Oh, <laughs> I got, I got, you know, I got. Where's my lobby? My lobby. Got my face on the internet now. We can hashtag you something. No, no, please. I don't like that. Okay. Come in, guys. Thanks. It's a courthouse. It's my courthouse. Hi. How are you doing? Good, son. Great. Well, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. She's Texas. Texas. Texas, huh? Yeah. But this wasn't originally a courthouse, was it? Yeah, it was. Well, I can't believe they did this for a courthouse. Oh. It's the awe and you know? It's the awe and inspire, you know? So how old is it? What's this? 1897 started construction, 1905 is when it was complete. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because so, we saw a picture of it from 19... 11, and we go, hmm. Look at the door. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah. With no photos? Oh, I could show you. Yeah, I'd love to. Can I keep the audio? No, no, they don't want anything at all. Security issue. They don't want any electronic 
So we just got invited into the, the New York um, Court of Appeals building. Oh, yeah. It's the uh, oh the Manhattan Court of Appeals. It's the highest court for the borough of Manhattan. And they were gracious enough to invite us in and show us around. We couldn't have the recording devices on or take photos, but it is a stunning, stunning building. Yeah, and it was all it's gold plated with um, some artist mural decorations of people in Greek togas and stuff in it. Gilded um, ceilings, lots of gold everywhere. Yeah, and and chandeliers and bizarrely big carved chairs and <laughs> and then we went. He led us into the courtroom and courtroom it was like Pan's Labyrinth or something. It was has amazing. This, uh, amazing Tiffany kind of style dome huge. over it. Uh, huge stained glass dome, and it has names like Webster and uh, other uh, Story Van Buren Marshall. Other legal names and and that room is just beautiful and filled with shiny carved wood and the judges there's a seat for the five appeals judges and they're like they're, thrones they're, they're wooden throney type carved things it's all very screens. like kind of intimidating and very pretty and they have more the, like Narnia they have these color they have these color murals inside there too well, in tons of stained glass. I mean, aside from the dome, it's surrounded by stained glass, and all of the chairs are just this heavy carved wood. I mean, it's really, it, you have to catch your breath when you enter. Uh, and then they took us into the cloak room. Where the judges, or was that for the... Judges and lawyers. Yeah. Uh, the telegraph room. And then there was a telegraph room, with, which had become a telephone room, and there were instructions about how to use a telephone on a little card and it's, it said things like wait for the operator da 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 don't hang up the receiver before you're done yeah the call <laughs> really and, hitting the basics yeah and then they had uh, they had kind of circular brass holders for canes or umbrellas and then hat stands all around these little kind of almost confessional style cubicles but I love that the hat the the poles that you were hanging the hats on were very very long for top hats of uh-huh. course. I mean, really, uh, really stunning building and very kind uh, officer that led us in and showed us all around. Then now we walked up um, to 26th Street and on one of these corners, uh, 26th in the park, there was the original, uh, actually the second Madison Square Garden. And... Uh, this, the, this is one. Uh, he the 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 narrator's mentioning things around Madison Square Park, and uh, this is like one thing that I thought was like a notable thing he left off. Uh, he he didn't mention looking at the the Madison Square Garden, which was a the most important thing on the park, and it was a huge, very elaborate building built by Stanford White, and. The garden the, was a building? The, the garden was just like it is, is now. now it's, yeah. a, it's a venue yeah. for events and uh, balls and things. And I guess I'd assumed at one point it was actually a garden. And it not- had a fancy garden in it. Okay. Uh, and it was built by Stanford White, who was the most important architect of uh, probably at, at the time. 
and the year before this story was written, um, he Stanford White was killed by uh, a rival for a woman. Uh, well, the, the 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 he was killed by Mr. Thaw, who who whose wife Stanford White was sleeping with, and he was shot at an event at his building. And then when the story was happening, that trial was still going on. It took several years. And so I, I wonder if... And it was the trial of the century? And it was called the trial of the century. It was made into a movie. And it was made into many, all Red sorts Velvet of media. Swing, right? Probably several yeah. movies. Oh, actually, at, oh, after the shooting, I was just looking at this. Thomas Edison immediately put into production the rooftop murder about that wow. as, a, as a movie, you know. Um, I didn't know he did movies. Yes, Thomas Edison it. kind of invented movies. It, not really, but uh, he was very, very early cool. and made developments. And uh, so I thought that that omission was odd because he's just mentioning all of these landmarks that are around here. And I thought maybe he wa- didn't want to get this huge topical story involved in his dream story. And a mention of the, the, the thing would have brought to mind like those things. The other thing he doesn't specifically mention... That we're getting close to the location of is the Fifth Avenue Fifth Avenue Hotel, which was um, a lot for most of its existence the most famous and important hotel in New York, and it's where uh, presidents and visiting royalty and the richest people would stay. And it closed down the year after the story in 1908. Hmm. And the character mentions going into a hotel. He calls it a hostelery, and then he calls it a hotel to get some food and look around and look for people. But he doesn't name it like he names some of these other buildings. And I wonder if he also didn't want the story to be like time dated by the fact that he knew it was closing or in the process of closing down, and it became something else that wasn't a hotel. It didn't continue to be a hotel. And that the Fifth Avenue Hotel was originally where the New York Stock Exchange was. It was a sort of informal yelling pit of people doing stocks, and then they built their building way downtown, and they moved there. Cool. But the, the fifth... So we're, now we're on the corner... We're on the northwest corner of Madison Square Park on 26th and 5th Avenue. And the 5th Avenue Hotel was... Uh, one of these corners, right? It was on between 23rd and 24th on 5th Avenue. Wow. The park's beautiful. Oh, yeah, and we can go through the park. Oh, and I, did I already mention the park was is a possible site of where baseball was no. first played okay. in its <laughs> modern form. And the New York Knickerbockers were playing here uh, in 1845. Oh, there's the Flatiron. That's the Flatiron we'll Building. <laughs> so when you're in the park, you can see the Flatiron Building... You can see the MetLife Tower, which would be like the tallest building in the world. Mm-hmm. Then the Madison Square Garden would have been here. Wow. It would have been, and then the Fifth <laughs> Avenue the Hotel at, at a certain point. World. At a certain point, when all those buildings were here at the same time, yeah. and that would be like, that would be 1900. No, wait, no, no. Actually, there would only be one kind of moment when they would all be here at the oh. same time, and that would be. Uh, well, that would be about when the story was written, yeah. like 1907. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, and then the Fifth Avenue Hotel closed, and the 
this um, this iteration of Madison Square Garden. I can't remember. I, I I didn't make a note of it when it closed, but it was more like the twenties. Uh, what a place! And then did the 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 officer in the appellate court? Did he just say that this was also a, the original Potter's Field? Yeah, I didn't hear him say that, but this know. was a this was a Potter's Field. Okay. Uh, burial ground. Yeah. Wow! Look at some of these swank-looking residences up and in that, the sky. Wow. And that would have been in like the 1600s or 17. I'm just trying to see when it would have changed over from uh, Potter's no. Field to like baseball field to <laughs> epicenter of New Not York. Not the 1600s. It would have been 17, 17 probably. Uh-huh. Now we're. Uh, I kind of want to see what this big sculpture is. There's this big kind of like industrial elephant sculpture ahead of us. So as far as the story goes, the guy's woken up, he has headed down the road, he's gotten and gotten some food in what is potentially the Fifth Avenue Hotel, and he's still meandering about trying to find people. I mean, I suppose it's around this park that he's seeing that there's no, like, horse key. That there's no like horse carriages, or you know, like that the leads have been cut on the on yeah, the carriages, that was, and that there's nobody about. That was either outside the St. James Building or the Fifth Avenue, or the what he calls the hotel. Where's the St. James Building, or is that the the St. James Building? I just uh, it's right. It's one of these. I just I only wrote down the address. Sure. It's eleven thirty three Broadway, and that this looks older. Right here is where Broadway and Fifth Avenue kind of come together. Okay. So that's Fifth. There, see? Yeah, yeah. So we have to see what 1133 is. Do you think that statue is an elephant? Sort of elephant y. No. No. So we're walking through the. Yeah. We're walking through the south corner of the park now which is specifically where baseball was supposed to have started the southwest corner <laughs> and uh this building that is on our right which is a kind of i don't know when it was built but a uh, early 20th century building this is the plot where the fifth avenue hotel was and it wasn't this tall it was um it was built when I think it had one of the first elevators. So, I mean, it was a rickety, scary elevator. And and so it would only be like five stories tall. Whereas this building is maybe like 12 or 14. But still seems low compared to other parts of the skyline. And then um, the St. James building, I think it might be that one with the fancy dome. But we have to check. Has like a golden cupola or whatever. It's we have to check what the address on Broadway is. But right now we're also looking directly at the Flatiron Building. And we're looking directly at the Flatiron Building, which uh, he said, uh, the narrator says he's walking by it and he sees spider webs in the doorway, which makes him think that he wasn't just asleep and everything happened while he was asleep for a minute, that that he's been asleep for like a long time. But the idea of it freaks him out and he like stops thinking about it. Well, and it, it does, you know, uh, just like in our last discussion piece when we were saying it, it, 
you forget that in a city you're not going to see cobwebs. That that would be a jarring thing in a building like the Flatiron that has movement coming. Yeah. It's the same as we take for granted that um, that sky rises are that tall and how jarring it would be <clears throat> to see to see a building get taller than a church. All of these things are kind of like you know everyday occurrences for us yeah. at this point and so it's kind of fun to put yourself back in that place and go oh yeah if you saw cobwebs in the se- in, you know center of Manhattan it'd be weird yeah that's yeah awesome. that's good this little plaza here is really new only in the last few years this used to be just a, a more confusing spot for cars to drive down these roads and then drive down this way and all you know it didn't really help traffic it was just a bunch of more honking and zooming and <laughs> what's that building that pretty um, one there. That is the Empire State Building. Oh, the, I'm bad at and building And from where we're standing, yeah, below Madison Square Park, it's very visible. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Well, I was expecting it either. Uh-uh. I thought it was further out, but... And they're doing, in the front of the... Sometimes they have they have shops in, in this little, tiny, funny front area called... Well, this is called the Prow Art Space now. But they're doing like a talk show, or uh, there's these two women doing I don't know a web show. They're talking to some guy over over Skype. Oh, it's something to do with cheddar, maybe. It says I see the word cheddar, and they have a wedge of cheese. So, and I don't know what it's about. But tell us more about the Flatiron Building. I mean, it's one of the most unusually shaped buildings and known, yeah, iconic buildings it's a in New very York. Beautiful, yeah, unusually shaped building. It's shaped like a, a wedge. Maybe that's why they're doing something with wedge of cheese or something. And the plot of land before the building was built was called. I mean, it was just, it it had the name Flatiron, like before Flatirons, like like park or something. Oh, and then they. Um, they just that was the shape of the triangle shape they described it as oh I assumed it was built and then they made the name after it and the lobby is not open. the lobby's not open and it's also like it's a very humble right. lobby uh, for is, it, is there anybody living in there or is it just businesses these are businesses as far as I know and it once had um, a huge amount of the offices of pulp magazines and the which are the magazines that most of these stories were published in um so it makes sense that this guy hugh pendexter i mean obviously people knew of it anyway but he was probably very familiar with the flat hugh pendexter would have would have come to the flatiron building to sell his stories to meet editors and to pitch it um he wasn't living in new york city as far as i know very much but he would have been familiar with this area and maybe that's why he wanted to do a story that takes place in this area. Right. Okay. Right, what you know. Um, anyway, the Flatiron Building yeah, is very, you kind of have to see it, it's very narrow. And, um, it looks like the old school iron or a wedge of cheese. It'll be on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it'll be on Instagram. Um, and now, now we're heading to this place that's an old diner type place it says since 1929 it's called Eisenberg Sandwich there's some really nice buildings over here I don't know what their stories are but there's some really cool architecture in this area and a lot of these buildings are older than other parts of Midtown 
Yeah, it's great. You can really see like so many different levels from this park. I guess because the park's kind of creating like a little bit of a hole yeah. in <clears throat> in all the infrastructure. It's much easier to see all these kind of name brand buildings from yeah. here. All right, time to eat. Wait, let's cross quickly here before this. Nope, never mind. <laughs> so we just got out of Eisenberg's Deli. It was really, really delicious. We had turkey Rubens and matzo ball soup and a beer I can't pronounce. And kind of like the story, we went in and it was bright and sunny and this gorgeous fall day and we come out a half an hour later and it's pitch black and raining and it's a totally different world. Um, so we are heading down towards the St. James building. Now we're on Broadway um, near 26th and this is uh, mentioned earlier in the story we were sort of doing a little bit later parts, but this is one of the first things he's saying is that he's he pauses in front of the St. James building, which is uh, 1133 Broadway. So I think we're... So this is the St. James building. And um, anyway, it's got a nice stone archway. It used to be the offices of a lot of architects and uh, I don't know what it's used for now but they have a a cool little lobby with with um, kind of an orientalist mural of it looks like harem girls in the front and a really nice ceiling. like ceiling that's like all these like flowers but they're like kind of raised really flowers like yeah and I, I think that is that, that what he says in the story is I paused in front of the St. James building and I, there was no there was silence coming from Madison Square Park and when you're right here you can see the park you've just come in by the time you're here you're just coming into view of the park that's a little bit south and huh there's the tower from the insurance company and then you walk a couple feet further from the St. James and you can yeah. see the Met, the top of the MetLife Tower comes into view. This building's really great. There's some really nice, uh, pretty skinny little buildings around here. And then, so the, then the next thing that happens, uh, we covered everything, but then so he heads down fifth after the Flatiron building. After the Flatiron building, he heads down fifth to Union Square okay. and goes in the subway. So and they uh, were just there. Uh, it's a couple weeks after the 2016 election, and it was really, really great to see all of the post-it notes in Union Square station. Yeah, there's this. There's this nice spontaneous display of people's messages. Of, of hope in posted notes all over the walls there. Yeah, really uplifting. So where does he go after he does he does Flatiron Building, Union Square, then yeah. from Union Square, is that when he goes to Newspaper Row? He comes out of the subway at Union Square because oh, right. the trains aren't running and there's nobody down there. He was hoping that people were hiding 
down there, and he comes out and he's said he he thinks um, I need to find out like what happened, and he's like he thinks newspaper row, and the next paragraph, without any description of walking or anything, he's at newspaper row, and he's reading news bulletin boards, and and he's walking around, and he gets he decides to go over the bridge to Brooklyn gets freaked out and it seems like he does cross the bridge and then he sees an imaginary tall building that's like taller than any building in the city where the monster is mm-hmm. or whatever it is yeah. how far in distance would that be from Union Square down to Newspaper Row I mean is that uh, a walk or a and going from Union Square to Newspaper Row is I don't know, 45 minute walk? Oh, okay. Maybe it's really a, uh, a lot of blocks. I'm not sure. What streets or area is that like the south west border of Manhattan? Newspaper Row? It's uh, cent- central south, southwest. Yeah, no, um, southeast. 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 It's a, uh, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty far down. There's a little bit more going. You, then you go through a little bit more of the financial district and then Battery Park and you're at the end of the island. Um, and is it still newspaper row? No, there aren't newspapers there. All the, all the newspapers built really wonderful, like famous old buildings. Most of those are gone. They were torn down for Pace University or that's at least that's what's in the place of them now. And... Um, and there's a few of the old ones standing, and they're landmarked, and there's just some, I don't know what, offices in it. Uh, but it was the site of all of the city's newspapers. And, and, the, and then the New York Times took off on its own and went to Times Square. And in the story he mentions, he he's around 23rd Street, around the Madison Square Park, and he thinks, oh, I could have gone up to Times Square to find the news. But for some reason he goes... A much further distance down to where the majority of the papers are. Right. To the south instead of north. So now we're on the edge of Union Square and we walked we walked a little bit down Fifth Avenue and then down Broadway. And he says uh and while he, he says there, you know, he mentions he has a last glimpse of the MetLife building, which now we can't see. But if we go farther into the park, it reappears again. Then you can see it above the other buildings. And what was he doing in Union Square when he was? Was that where he just like sat and like cried for a minute and was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe!" Like, is this after the subway people? Um, or the lack of people in the subway? He goes here to go down into the subway. Uh-huh. And I don't know, uh, that might mean that there wasn't a 23rd Street subway at that uh-huh. time. Uh, but, no, he... Uh, and then he, he came got, he out got, of the subway. He comes out of the subway, and then he just thinks, I need to go to Newspaper Row. Okay. And then he's in Newspaper Row. But I don't know if there were all of these exact entrances back then. But we're at the northern entrance the one at the south looks a little bit more like old it has a little dome cupola on it but this one might have been here too but we can go down 
in here. Just right very down. Bus- fairly busy tonight. Yeah, it's very busy right now. And then right on the inside of this one, the they have another posted note wall. But this one is like you can see it without buying a ticket. This is different than the one we were looking at before. This one's outside of the ticket booths. The one we were looking at before was massive. It was amazing. This one is also massive. It goes around this corner yeah. here. So many uh, positive notes. It's really inspiring. And There's one that says, learn your ABCs, no private education. Climate change is not a hoax. Bigotry is evil. Fuck fascism. Solidarity with Standing Rock. Every presence counts. Love New York York City. Live long, be hopeful, and love our home, age six. Oh, and I see... I don't always see where you get the posted notes, but I see there's a whole stack of them right there. Maybe somebody brought them. Yeah, I might write something else. Do it. I think it's neat when you walk down into the subway station, the the air and the sound is different. It's a lot deader, and I could imagine it when the guy in the story is coming down that yeah. to come down here and have that kind of like muted and like tamped down like air and sound, yeah. kind of the silence filling your ears in a way that's even spookier than being up top in some way. Coming down here and not having a single thing happening would feel like yeah. you were in a bit of a grave. I Ooh, think. Yeah. So we just finished up uh, coming out of Union Square subway station and then uh, and that kind of completes our personal walk for the day but in the story what was the rest of the trek that he took? Well then like us he keeps going south and he 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 comes out and he realizes he can get information he wants Information and he goes. He decides to go to Newspaper Row and find. Uh, I think he's particularly looking for these bulletin boards that have news headlines and uh, things on them. And uh, so he keeps heading south from Union Square. Uh, you can get if you just keep going down Broadway, you can get to Newspaper Row, and that's just south of City Hall, and it's where all these newspapers built. These incredibly tall for the time buildings to kind of overlook City Hall and symbolically intimidate the politicians with the power of the people, the power of the press. And uh, the Brooklyn Bridge entrance is right there. And he gets down there. He reads the bulletins. They freak him out. And then, and then he thinks uh, maybe everybody is in Brooklyn. And it appears the story. The story gets a little unclear. It appears. He goes over the bridge. Uh, he hears woman's footsteps, which he thinks is the creature. And then, if it is if it is the Brooklyn Bridge that he go- has gone over, they never use the phrase "as I cross the bridge" or "crossing the bridge." It just, he says he's going. He says he. Then he says he's coming downstairs. And at first, I thought he was just going downstairs that are around Park Row or something. But anyway, he probably goes to Brooklyn and then. Uh, Oh, I was just going to show you. You can, like... Oh, 
Empire. You can look back. You can see the Empire State Building. It's all lit up for Christmas. A certain other... No, that's another tower with a clock on it that's uh, shorter. And it's got a really nice blue light on it. If you're, I think we, it's like if you're kind of over here at the lower end, you can see, you can see the Met built Life Building again. But um, anyway, he goes down there and then he sees a building that is taller than any of the buildings in, in the city. That doesn't, that's not a real building. Uh, and it's growing out of the ground. Growing out of the ground, and he senses that he's in the presence of the thing, the creature uh-huh. created by all of the. Um, the evil or greed evils of, of humanity of yeah. mankind and then he wakes up and we think maybe he probably got hit in Madison Square guy. yeah I it, mean, uh, Madison Square he wakes up and, he, and he, a policeman is checking on him and I assume he was over in Madison Square but he really could have been anywhere because he in his state he's imagining waking up at home so yeah. I don't know but yeah, now we're in the south part of Union Square and it's a It is Christmas full market. up. <laughs> and they're selling all sorts of jewelry and hats and Christmas trees and things. But the rain has stopped and I think so has our ride. We'll probably get something warm to drink and, um, and we'll be back next month with another story. Thanks for listening to Fear of Buildings. I'm your host and sound designer, Ketchup Freeland. The narrator for The Man Who Was Alone and today's host is our producer, Wiley Freeland. Fear of Buildings is based on the annotated anthology by our creator and researcher, Zach Vreeland. Our logo design is by Stu Vreeland. Our theme music is the song For Science by Naroche. Check them out on SoundCloud. And visit us on Instagram at Fear of Buildings to see some of the sites described in this episode.